All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Surviving Hollywood Podcast. My name's Austin. My name is Aaron. I'm Johnny Ray Diaz. And we just had a great episode. Tips and tricks, how to be a commercial director. Krista Linney, who's directed uh, promos for The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, a Geico commercial that Aaron and I were in. She's done a bunch. What did you guys think? She's worked with Michelle Obama, Dr. Jill Biden, Justin Bieber. Uh, she's, really? She's yeah, a very Tiger. talented uh, director. I really enjoyed having her on because the last time we saw her was on set for Geico slash Huluween commercial we did. Uh, still airing now, I believe, even though it's Halloween themed. And, um, and we talked to her about that. And uh, I don't know. I just you know like her as a director. Glad we got to connect. Yeah, she was she was really cool. Like one thing she kind of talked about, which I thought was really interesting, was kind of her mentioning how uh, she kind of went sort of a different route for directing. She's been doing a lot more producing for um, other networks, uh, like the History Channel, things like that, and uh, kind of fell into directing sort of in a way, even though she probably kind of always wanted to do it. Um, but she also met, also mentioned how she kind of like tied up with a production company that's producing a lot of stuff. Um, as opposed to going other routes where sometimes you get representation. Um, so for anybody out there that's looking to direct and it kind of proves to you that there's so many different avenues of like working in this industry, there's not one way to do it. And I think she's kind of like proof of that. So enjoy the up. Look what's saying about me. It's the Hollywood podcast. Movies, TV, and some stories from the own past. Learn about the ground like sitting in your own class. Are you guys still going full force or because like, you know, the coronavirus lockdowns, uh, what do you think about that? Um, well, I'm fortunate enough right now uh, doing exactly what you guys are doing where I'm actually producing some podcasts on the side with a company called Audio Up. So as you know, that's fairly COVID proof uh, in that uh, we can record anywhere from our, the comfort of our own homes and remain fairly safe. But productions, yes, I'm hearing that uh, they kind of ramp back up for a while and, uh, and now they're kind of winding back down a little bit. So I have a feeling December might be a little slow um, going into the holidays as we, as we kind of navigate this next wave of whatever is coming right. our way. Yeah. Well, good thing we already got our commercial in. Uh, we did. <laughs> you were a great director, by the way. That was an awesome True. set you were running. Thank you so, so much. Um, that uh, I can't take credit for that. That's uh, the folks at Canyon Road Films um, who I'm with. Those guys are amazing. And they really, uh, I love them so much because they really care about the shoot experience and they really care about taking care of people. And um, that's part of the reason why I like them so much and I'm with them is because they really, um, they bring a sort of humanity to the whole filmmaking process that really resonates with me. And I appreciate like, it's, it's the little things, making sure that the, the meals arrive on time, people are fed, they're happy, spirits are good. I have yet usually to receive talent uh, on set uh, who, who are in a bad mood because usually they try to comfort you. And especially like you were in, how long were you in makeup? I was in uh, prosthetics and makeup for like six hours, and then we broke for lunch. And then we broke for lunch. Then I was in it for like another hour and a half, and then we started filming my stuff. And then they were yeah. like, "We're not going to use you, Aaron. Thanks for coming. <laughs> uh, appreciate that." 
I'm sure. I'm sure that happens all the time. Yeah, that was that was crazy. That was the the first bigger shoot that I had done since COVID and being on lockdown. So it was the first time trying to navigate, trying to explain what I wanted. Um, and we had, of course, COVID compliant officers, um, but it was the first time wearing a mask and a shield and a thing. And I realized that I, I look like a crazy person gesticulating all over the place, trying to explain <laughs> what I want. But you don't realize how much you use your face in that. Like, where you're trying to explain how how you want uh, a reaction to be or just a feeling that you want? And and that was really complicated. And the crew, I think, was also um, normally, you know, people who have a shorthand working together can give that like nod and and you know they they kind of know how to uh, you know that that unspoken language sometimes that happens on a set when you're familiar with people and your crew. And I noticed that even those guys are like, what, huh? What are you saying? <laughs> oh, I thought you meant make it purple. And we're like, no, Right. Is that the exclusive production company for Geico? Because a, a lot of those, you know, those commercials are so all essentially like kind of like they found like a sort of a niche with that sort of style. Is, do they produce most of their spots? No, no, they don't. I think, okay. um, well, well and actually this project came through Hulu and their creative team. Okay. So it was it was to promote uh, their their Huluween event, and uh, I was I was very very excited to have the opportunity to do it because I thought it was a great idea. I'm a sucker. I'm, I'm like dad jokes all the way and puns, <laughs> and anything with a pun in it, I'm like, yeah, you had me at Huluween. I'm in. Like, <laughs> yes, let's do this. Um, and I've said this to you guys before, um, Austin and Aaron, but like you you two were the first. Uh, uh, audition that I saw like over that whole Zoom and that was also really interesting too the whole casting uh, process over Zoom I had never done before so that was really kind of interesting and fascinating and I can't imagine what that's like for you guys yeah it was us chilling in our room waiting to be let in and be like oh neat <laughs> but <laughs> and you're on yeah go yeah, exactly. and go guys yeah. <laughs> but you know it was it was great you know just four or five people saying, all right, hey, you guys want to take it again? I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we were the first see. person you you uh, you saw, people. and then yes. we obviously, you we got cast, but you had to sit through all those other people. Did they even stand a chance? <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, I will say this. You, you, you know, we had to, um, everyone has an understudy during, uh, during COVID, as I like to say, like even myself, they had someone to tap in in case Mm. I I tested positive or anything. So there are people now kind of waiting in the wings to take over. Um, so I had to have a backup plan just in case one of you were to test positive. And, um, but th so there were people who came like marginally close, but not quite. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you, you, were, you, you were the first. And it was so funny as soon as kind of they left the chat before, before letting the next con next contestants in <laughs> um, the next contenders i was like yeah i'm i'm sold i'm i'm good i'm good i don't need to see anyone else so um yeah it worked out really well oh that's and awesome as as a director how is uh, obviously this this thing is new for everybody right have you found this sort of zoom casting session to be more beneficial like are, are you seeing more people do you like it like what are your thoughts on it um it's it's an interesting prospect um you know you pick up so much more um just being in the room and live with someone you kind of can can get the whole like body language you get the whole physicality of of acting but um i, I didn't mind kind of staying 
at home, you know, from the waist up, I was dressed. I had like sweatpants <laughs> on underneath and lunch ordered and delivered. <laughs> I was pretty yeah. comfortable. Um, also, it's very interesting watching people navigate the technology too, because there was a, there was another spot we did. So we shot two spots in one night. And uh, so the other casting, there were just some people who just could not figure out how to deal with Zoom and, and, and the directions that they were given. Yeah. It was very kind of very interesting. Also, very interesting is, of course, me being me, I'm, I'm, I'm surveying the whole scene. So I'm, I'm watching the acting, but I'm also like, huh, what's in the background over there? What's their framing like? What? <laughs> yeah. And uh, there was one time uh, someone was auditioning and the casting director kind of interjected and like, can you hide the bong on your dresser? <laughs> I was like, yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you'd be amazed yeah. how people um, aren't really quite entirely aware of their surroundings sometimes. So right. that, was, that was fun. Um. We have a lot of actors and casting directors, a few that watch. What's your biggest pet peeve from the actors in the audition room? And also, what do you hate about casting directors in the audition room? Um, I, I don't know if I'm a... Are you sneaking back there? <laughs> he's, he's invited. He's invited. Are you in a hot set right now? <laughs> um, kind of, yes. This is uh, John Ben Simon. He's also an incredible... No, it's okay. He's also a very incredible director, a DP, and he's here shooting um, and setting up a room for tomorrow. Yeah, so you got the, the guitars and the drums in the back. Oh, yeah. Nice, yeah. full so setup. The, 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 the kind of niche that we're finding here uh, with our podcast, we're doing a lot of scripted musical podcasts. So we've got a couple out now. Um, one is um, called Make It Up As We Go, and that's Dennis Quaid, Billy Bob Thornton, Miranda Lambert. So it's, nice. it's, it's scripted musical podcast it's it with characters and acting and it's kind of a very interesting way to tell a story audibly so it's it's very new territory for me what's the podcast and called it's called make it up as we go um, sounds, like, sounds like a lot of fun yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it is it is uh we also had one called halloween in hell and that was with uh machine gun kelly 24k golden and uh and ian dior and of course I'm older, so I had to Google everyone, but, uh, <laughs> but, no. but, but that was fun too. So, uh, so how, how'd you get into that? How'd you get those big names? Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know that I'm entirely responsible, but like I, or know how exactly it all comes together, but audio up was founded by Jared Gutstadt, who is a very dear friend of mine. We came up through the ranks together and uh, kind of started our cutting our teeth in filmmaking in New York City together. And, um, and he started this company and he just has, uh, he was, um, he did a lot of jingles for TV. So he actually uh, had a company called Jingle Punk. So he's kind of entrenched in the music world. And I, I he's just such an interesting character because when he basically was like, great, I have this idea, I'm gonna get this person, he goes and he gets them. It's like magic. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, he's just got those contacts and connections and it's really, uh, it's really interesting. As a, is the key to booking work as a commercial director or any director, do you have to join a production team or whatever? Is that how you get work? Um, I feel like it's a new world order now. In, in the past, traditionally, a lot of directors go for, um, you know, they, they sign with commercial companies and those production companies have reps and they go out and they kind of pound the pavement and get you work. Um, today, what I'm seeing more and more and more is that directors really don't sign 
exclusively with anyone. They're kind of like free agents and they just, they're, they're have their own network of people and, uh, and they'll kind of procure their own work or have, um, various companies procuring work on their behalf. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I took that route when I first kind of started directing and I just kind of found a home really with Canyon Road. Um, and, you know, I kind of like how they treat everyone. Um, so to your previous question about like casting directors, um, nice. <laughs> I think the thing for me is, um, it's, it, it, it's interesting. I get very emotionally connected. Like, like I'm, I'm definitely one of those folks who are very sensitive and a little bit of an empath when it comes to people coming in and auditioning because I'm, I'm rooting for you. I want everyone to get the job, but not everyone can get the job. It's, it, and, and, and there are people who come in and they're just giving it everything they have and they're maybe not right. And I just, I'm always the one going like, just don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I found like some casting directors can be so rude. Like I just see like, and I'm in the room kind of cringing going like, no, don't just dismiss or like cut them short or anything. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I like to kind of see if there's a little bit more there, if there's something I'm missing and at least do another take just to kind of, you know, cause people get nervous and rightfully so it's got to be daunting. I, I, I would ask that question of you guys, what it's like to kind of walk into not only the zoom casting, which is infinitely awkward, but then on top of like in person, you know, what that's like to kind of sit in a room full of people and then walk into another room full of people and strangers and just be expected to kind of turn it on like that. I have such respect for that actually and um and i and i feel deeply for it so um i don't know i just uh i i yeah <laughs> we're nice. really going with that but i i always uh, actually wonder how how much are you involved in the decision of who is chosen because i know the client is obviously has their choices possibly or even the cast and director's like well i like this person but ultimately does it come down to your decision or is it the, the client it depends on the project um, and uh, it, it, no two jobs are the same. So I kind of approach every project like that. You know, it's, it's, there's no cookie cutter. Um, I know what to expect with certain clients. Um, it, but sometimes it's just they, they want my strongest recommends and I give them and I, I kind of say definitively what I want. And sometimes, you know, creative directors have their own opinions and, and, and they'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll usually, uh, if we have a disagreement, we'll kind of talk through what and why and, uh, and, and go from there. But <laughs> technically, usually the client wins out, sadly. Okay. Um, yeah. In this case, I would say with the spot that I did with you guys, it, um, it was the first time I, I was like, that's who I want. And no one disputed anything. I just got everything I wanted. And it was the first time I was like, this <laughs> and awesome i love this that's yeah. awesome at that's the same time said. you were like i should have asked for more money too what are you thinking? <laughs> come on Do you have a bigger budget yeah yeah, yeah. i um, saw the other the other spot too by the way the babysitter one did you shoot that one on the same evening is that, that okay yeah. that was really that was a really good spot too thank you so much yeah i had a lot it, of fun it almost sounded like seinfeld type music it was. Yeah. Okay. I was like, yeah. not quite it. Cause I know you can't use it, but it was, it was good. I liked it. Yes. That was, that was on purpose. And yeah, if you actually listen to them side by side, they're totally different, but I think people just remember Instantly. the kind of, yeah, the baseline. They're like, we get it. Yeah. yeah. For, for legal reasons, Johnny, they're totally different legally. 
totally different. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Have you, uh, have you ever been on set where you're not getting what you want from an actor? (laughs) Not our set, obviously. How how do you, how do you handle that? Um, uh, very delicately. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of giving people a break. And, and, uh, usually what I do is I will typically take an actor to the side away from everyone or into a separate room entirely. And just, you know, tell people to take five or 10 if we've got that kind of, it, it depends on who's barreling down. There's also clients who will hover and they're just like, ah! And, um, so usually I try to like remain calm and like kind of take someone to the side and just kind of, hey, let's work through this together and kind of do it like privately and uh, give them space to kind of kind of uh, collect their thoughts and um, sometimes show them physically what, what I want them to do and try to act it out as best as possible for them and kind of without being insulting, you know, if that makes any sense. I, I again, I respect uh, the craft of acting and I certainly respect people who, who are kind of putting themselves out there for it. So I, I, I want to try to kind of bring out the best in people. Um, but it's certainly not by, you know, and, and trust me, I've been on those sets where I've seen people screaming and yelling and jumping up and down and that does nobody any good. So yeah, so usually I just try to do a little private coaching if I can. It feels like you're, you're kind of, I mean, I could be wrong, but it feels like you're somewhat of an actor's director a bit. Um, I, I like it. I mean, I, okay. I love the whole craft of, of, of making commercials or film or directing or anything. I, I, just, I just love the whole process. And, and part of that is, is, is really like, what I see my role as, as a, as a director is bringing out the best in, yes, there's kind of like a bigger vision, but it's kind of like bringing out the best of everyone's talent, the best in a shot from a cinematographer and the best acting that I could pull out of someone um, to, to make the spot what it needs to be or with the project, what it needs to be. So um, it's, it's done all with, with complete kind of like respect for the craft. And, and uh, it's funny, there was a, I started, I did a documentary uh, a long time ago. I worked at Sundance Channel and, uh, and I worked with, um, there's this legendary New York based acting coach named Wynn Hanman. And he literally coached everyone. Like if you look him up, he studied under Meisner. And, um, and so he was his protege. And so he taught everyone from, I, I can't even tell you, like Michael Douglas and James Kahn and like Dustin Hoffman, like everyone like went yeah. through his, his school. And so I would sit in on his class when he was still teaching. And, um, and it was just amazing to kind of see how he talked to actors. And, and it kind of translated, it stuck to me because I could see the process or what he was kind of teaching everyone about truth and reality and, 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 uh, and sharing and emoting and, and kind of finding that, that within themselves. And so it just kind of taught me like a whole different um, kind of perspective on, on the art of acting, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember one time I was on set, I wasn't quite getting what you wanted and you took me aside and you just kind of grabbed me and said, are you trying to embarrass me? Are you trying to embarrass me? And it worked. It worked. No, I'm just kidding. You guys were very easy. No, it was, it was, um, it, it was, it was a long day for all of us. And again, I think, I think that particular shoot, it was very interesting because it was just, I, I completely underestimated the, the, the inability to communicate with masks on. Like that was just kind of crazy. And, and the those night, teeth. 
Yes. <laughs> that's a you problem, buddy. <laughs> like, how about exactly. make a sound a little bit different? But I had this thing in my mouth, so all my sounds were like, rah, 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 you know, just ours. <laughs> how did you two decide who would be the werewolf and who wouldn't? Who, who would be the not, I think we non werewolf? Flipped a coin. Is that that flipped a coin. Did you get to decide? I th- or they just? I thought they just picked or something. Well, well in the audition, no. or in the People audition, always ask us to decide. Oh, yeah, they they said, "Hey, let us." They in the audition room, they said, "So who's who?" And then immediately, so there wasn't any dead time. I was like, "Oh, I'll, I'm the werewolf, obviously." Um, but then we got to once we booked it, they were like, "Okay, tell us who's going to be the werewolf." Then we flipped a coin. So Just it was basically like, "I want to be on camera." Sorry, Aaron, not going to happen. <laughs> I remember in my fifth hour in prosthetics and makeup, um, you know, chatting with the makeup lady, she off made an offhand remark saying, Hey, I bet you wish that um, you weren't the one in the mask or something. And yeah. I, I accidentally said, yeah, I wish. And you can just tell that kind of deflated her a little bit. I was like, Oh man, I said the wrong thing. No, uh, I love, I love, I love the mask. It was just, you know, the fifth hour. But uh, yeah. I, I, again, incredible respect for that because the patience that it takes to sit there and I saw you at various steps along the way I I feel like I would go and I'd walk out of the room and I'd go direct the babysitter spot and I'd come back and I'm like and then you would just have that next little phase so I got to see it in increments and it got crazier and creepier along the way and but yeah you were there for a really really long time so what did you do to pass the time hey just part of the job I'm you know no better than anybody else on set it was great (laughs) I was just professional just to pass the time, I don't know. Crafty? I can't even. Uh, Couldn't even no. have that, huh? You couldn't no. even have that. Huh? No. I just sat there and made light chit chat, and then eventually <laughs> just listened to them make light chit chat, and then. Uh... And she was like, "Stop <laughs> moving, please! You're ruining the, the prosthetics." I don't know. Before we go any further, I'd love to find out a little bit more about your influences, Krista. Is there like movies or TV shows when you f- were first getting into it that you were like, "Man, this inspires me. I want to make something like that," or? Hmm. That's always such an interesting question. I, 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 don't, I don't know that it was any one thing specifically. I knew kind of growing up, I didn't want a traditional job, whatever that meant, like nothing appealed to me. And then um, when I was in high school, I picked up a video camera for the first time and I didn't even know that much about film really, like, like uh, the way a lot of um, kind of like real like film nerds dive in deep like I, I I didn't really know that much about the craft but I just knew that I loved it and I was intrigued by it um, and so I, I re- took a course in high school and of course I, I was playing around with like stop motion animation um, and I would bring home like a video camera and and set it up and at home and like play around with stuff um, and then when I moved to New York and and so um, you know, literally, I, I kind of got my education kind of working on sets, like starting off as a PA for like commercials and music videos back in the day. Um, and it was really like taking those influences um, and then educating myself like separately, if that makes any sense. But that's when I really started to dig deep into like really watching every film I possibly could. Because um, gr- I don't know, growing up, like I didn't, my, my family wasn't really big into movies at all. So we didn't really watch them or I didn't really go to the theater much. Um, so it was really when I moved to New York was when I really started to embrace it and dig deep and start really like digging in. But my influences are so varied. I'm just inspired by 
just amazing craftsmanship. Like, like I, and I like different films for different reasons. So it's always the most difficult question in the world to answer is like, what's your favorite movie? I can't, there is not one that I can really point out as being the, 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 the ultimate favorite movie. Cause I like so many things for so many different reasons. Yeah. Is there, is there something you've seen recently or watching right now that like hits all cylinders, like technical aspects, acting, no cinematography, everything. Goodness, I just watched The Queen's Gambit. I'm watching, I'm watching that, right that now. now. I'm watching that now. Yeah. <laughs> third, third episode. That's a really it's, well well made thing. It's fantastic. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Really good show. Beautiful love period pieces. For whatever reason, I just love being transported back in time. Um, just started watching The Crown too, kind of like simultaneously. Love that show. Um, that's super super interesting right now. I'm uh, just just started. I just crossed over into season two. Um, I've got a backlog of stuff that I need to watch, to um, but out, yeah. yeah, yeah, Queen's so Gambit much. I thought was amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who knew that chess would be so interesting? I right? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. I was like, I have no idea what's happening, but yeah. I'm so intrigued. Um, uh, here's here's something that um, I may or may not live to regret admitting to, but you know, I have never watched Game of Thrones. Neither have I. Hey, I'm I. High five. <laughs> podcast <laughs> podcast over. Well, yeah. You only missed uh, eight years. I guess it's just me and you, Chris. Like, it's me and you. All right. See you later, guys. No. I, know, is there a reason why? Just, just No, no. It just yeah. it's it's there and someday I'm gonna tackle it. And sure. and it's and and I know I'm going to and I'm gonna right. get there. And then I'm I'm sure once I'm in, I'm probably just gonna like become some crazy, like cracked out. just live in a like a sleeping bag and like (laughs) for like a month and and uh and and i will get to it but um i just i just think maybe because it happened and it happened at a time when i was super busy at work and i just sure it's it's a lot i mean it's what eight eight seasons seven seasons i don't know where it's at but it's it's a lot to commit to you know yeah, I, I, lot to, I, I feel like it. you have to focus on, and I feel like once once I once I start, um, it's like one of the like a like a loose thread on a sweater, right? Like once you start unraveling it, then it's just I'm just all in. I'm just gonna be like, ah! Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I didn't watch it by this time, I just would never watch it. I mean, like, yeah, there's gonna be yeah, something new. Looks like a fantastic show. I'm sure I would love it too, but I just that's uh, just such a commitment. I don't know. Yeah, don't yeah. Ha! Huh. See, there, 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 there are a few among us. Yes, but uh, that's. Yeah. <laughs> and I know through throughout your career, I know you, you've also also produced a lot of different things. You work for various networks, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on, on your website and I saw some of the other work you've done too. How do you think all of that has sort of made you a better director? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. So when I first started off in this business in New York, it was at a time when um, you know, it was it was long before you know Me Too and Free the Bid and this kind of call for more um, inclusivity. Um, women, I feel like at the time when I was starting out, they kind of had a couple different trajectories, and it was fairly limited. It was either go glam squad route, which is awesome, you know, but that's like styling, hair and makeup, or mm-hmm. it's production. So you, the the trajectory for me was like coordinator, production manager, producer. So my background is really actually in, in producing and being that logistics person. Yeah. And, uh, and directing kind of was something that I always 
felt um, an attraction towards and I wanted to do, but even at that time, like renting equipment to kind of build your reel and to get your foot in the door, um, it was very expensive. And now, you know, people are shooting like full features on their iPhones. So it's amazing to have that sort of accessibility. And I felt like I didn't really have those things. Um, so I went the production route and, um, so I did that for a while and then I wound up at a, at a, at a couple of networks. And then I think when you work in a network environment, which is really a corporate environment, you kind of learn, um, a lot of <laughs> diplomacy skills. You learn how to, uh, how to kind of, uh, get the best out of a situation sometimes. Um, what I found very interesting and, and, and I, and I love the challenge of, sometimes being painted into a corner where, where um, you have no funds, but you have to accomplish something. And I love trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together to make it amazing. And, and there's always a way to do that. So sometimes I really liked kind of being boxed in to figure out how, yeah. how, how to bust out of that box, you know? Um, right. And, and to me, that was really kind of a fun challenge and it still is. So, I would say that's um, probably what makes some directors really great is like, I guess, problem solving, right? I mean, mm -hmm. That's really yeah. what it kind of comes down to. Yeah. 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 As a hobby, it's, it's funny. Um, I've been asked a few times what I love about directing or why I like doing it. And, uh, you know, I, I also, it's, it's funny cause, um, I hadn't really thought about this too much, but, uh, I also like to snowboard as well. And so the parallel is, is, um, you know, if you're doing either halfway decent, um, you can't think about anything else really. You have to be, you're forced into just being in the moment. Um, uh, like snowboarding, obviously, you have to kind of just kind of pay attention to the task at hand because if you don't, you know, um, it could not end very well for you. Um, when it comes to filmmaking and, and directing, I feel like, you know, you can't really, if you're, you just kind of have to pivot constantly um, because it never goes according to plan. Um, I could tell you all about our fateful Hulu Geico shoot. Uh, where there's so many things happening behind the scenes and so many things that weren't quite going according to plan. Like we had this gag, for instance, for the, um, the shirt ripping for the um, werewolf kind of arm to come through. And our lovely wardrobe stylist was using fishing wire and she spliced her finger open. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you can't plan for it. She obviously didn't plan for it. And, and, um, and, you know, fortunately we had medics on set and everything and she's amazing uh, trooper and I've worked with her so much uh, in the past, but you know, you just can't plan for that. So you just have to scrap that and go like, okay, right. We have a limited amount of time. I have to kind of sell this story through. So, so now what can I do? And I love the fact that I can't, I can't think about tomorrow. I can't think about how tired I am. I can't think about what I'm, you know, going to buy for groceries or anything. You just are forced into just being in the zone and in the moment. And I, and I just like being so present um, that that's really part of the fun. Yeah. And so that's what really was cool. the, what was the solution? You're like, cut it. Yep. I just, I, I just lost it all together. And I think if you remember, I had you just do this crazy shot where um, I just had you shake your head really fast in front of the camera. And that was kind of the, the kind of like transformation kinetic kind of frenetic, uh, kind of movement that that kind of sold that through a bit, and so we hadn't planned. So I was just I was calling audibles like all night long. I was like, oh, right, shit, that doesn't work. Okay, <laughs> this is dead. <laughs> yeah. In go ahead. 
In our final five, 10 minutes, I know I would be remiss if we didn't mention the Bachelorette. I know you direct their promos, <laughs> heavy secrecy. I don't watch the show, but I've seen the clips, the, the main, the main yeah. woman. You're the only player. one who doesn't watch, so. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they, she pulled an audible mid-season, just chose a guy, and they were off. Yep. They were off, um, yeah. How yeah. is directing? That's one of the hottest reality shows. How is it directing their promos? It's it's a it's an interesting experience for sure because they, they're such a well-oiled machine. Uh, everyone on the Bachelor and the Bachelorette, um, they are um, they just know what they're doing. They've been doing it for so long, so they're they. It's like the same handler all the time that shows up on set. So I'm very familiar with them at this point. Um, they're so good at secrecy. I, I also directed a few spots for The Bachelor too. So the last Bachelor was the guy, Peter. And so like uh, we did that, it was like the spoof on Ghost. It was sort of him at the pottery wheel. Yeah, I, I saw that. If you saw it. <laughs> 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 I was so funny because I took it like, we were like in between takes and like, no, but seriously, like, come on, you can tell me. He's like, no, but I really can't. I'm like, no, but come on. like. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell yeah. you. And and, and, yeah. and I mean, they're so good. They are so locked locked down, you know. Um, so uh, no, but uh, that whole team—they're super pro. They're they're fun to work with. Um, I, I love. There's a lot of enthusiasm. So the last uh, spot I did for them was right after the Hulu uh, shoot was with Tasha. She's the replacement for Claire, and she was so bubbly and sweet and just so like. I'm Threat. she she was just so stoked to be there and um and in that case for those projects like really my job is just to make them look and feel as good as they possibly can um because we're just really selling through like beautiful beauty shots and that's the sort of bachelor and bachelorette aesthetic so yeah it's fun i feel and prior that's okay Please, Krista, go ahead, Krista, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was gonna say and prior to that again uh i was not an ardent watcher of the bachelorette but or the bachelor and uh i got sucked into their world so now i watch <laughs> oh who you, who you rooting for what guy you like um still too soon to tell okay. i think okay yeah 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 fair enough <laughs> who do you I like? also, hey that's a good question awesome <laughs> i don't watch i what what <laughs> well i kind of no, like watch you this I just saw viral clips of Claire, in my opinion, acting a little clingy sometimes. I don't know, maybe I didn't get to the full thing, but I liked her as the Bachelorette because she pulled audibles and it was kind of crazy. Oh, oh yeah, she she like like just completely rewrote the playbook for herself. So yeah. <laughs> and I respect it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going to ask you, Chris. I saw that you also directed a, a PSA with uh, Michelle Obama and Jill Biden. Um, what was it like? working on set with them you know i'm just kind of curious about how that whole experience was because i mean it seems like it'd be kind of like almost uh like seeing a celebrity but almost somebody like more you respect or admire i, I don't know it just yes it was yeah. very i had the pleasure so i worked at uh any networks and specifically history channel for years so so in a way i'm kind of directing full-time is a little bit more of my second career um, but, uh, but when I was at history, so I had the opportunity to shoot them both twice. Um, so I did, I did a couple different PSAs for them. And, uh, so I had to go to the white house and, you know, even that in itself is That's cool. sort of impressive. And I, 
you know, I'm, I, I like to think I'm pretty okay with generally anyone or any circumstances thrown my way. And I don't really get super starstruck, you know, um, but I was so nervous and sweating and freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Um, so there's a whole process when you shoot in the White House. There's a whole... Um, what is that like? Yeah, break that down for us. Oh gosh, there's security. It's submitting all of your... Um, gear and serial numbers in advance. There's background checks that you have to do on yourself and your entire crew, obviously, and submit all that. Uh, the process of getting the equipment in, they have people and, and uh, you know, dogs out sniffing the, the equipment. So you have to allow a couple of hours just to go through all the camera gear. And of course, you guys have all been on set. So you, you know that even like the smallest interview um, is no less than like potentially two like full hand trucks full of gear and lighting and, and everything. Um, so there's that whole process of going through next thing you know, you're in and, um, uh, you know, just being kind of escorted through, they have people that kind of walk you through and uh, you have handlers. And of course you kind of feel like you're being watched and listened to at all times. So suddenly I'm the most behaved I've ever been in my entire life. Um, uh, and, uh, so we have the room, like maybe about an hour to set and light and just get yourself prepared. And I'm going through my notes and I have everything kind of set up and, uh, there's literally like maybe a 15, 20 minute window to get everything that you need. Wow. So you have okay. to, Whoa. oh gosh, their, their schedules are, are Crazy. down to the minute planned out wow. and you don't have a lot of second chances and and both uh michelle obama and dr jill biden uh were incredibly uh, uh you know they're professionals they knew what they were doing so there wasn't a lot for me to really add to it but i don't think i've ever sweat more in my entire life i was so so nervous because again you know you're kind of awestruck you're you're sure. you're, you're in their house <laughs> i mean what, what kind of note do you what kind of directing note would you give to michelle obama Mm, maybe she's not do you give her a line reading hey you know what mm. we did have teleprompter which helped okay. uh i okay. I, think I was about only, to ask you if it was a prompter or not prompter. the only note i gave her i was like okay can we just slow it down just a bit because there's a, you know sometimes there's a there's a pace and a cadence to to when you're talking on teleprompter and and yeah the, the obama and, cadence yeah. we're all familiar <laughs> <laughs> a classic cadence <laughs> exactly but yeah so it was it was an amazing opportunity and the fact that I got to do it you know um twice and then of course you know personally politically I'm very excited for for uh Dr. Jill Biden to be in the White House again I think that's going to be amazing she's very um she's very elegant very personable very charming um very smart and all of those things. So I, I just really enjoyed the experience both times. That sounds awesome. Hell yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, guess my, yes. I guess, well, I just had one final question. Um, Me too. Because, okay. Um, well, I don't know. What do you think, um, what do you think you've done in all your years that really like um, made you successful? Because I, I think you are successful. And like, what advice would you give to a, a young male or female coming up today who wants to do what you do? Oh my goodness. Um, maybe part of it is I don't consider myself successful at all. Um, hey. 
<laughs> I Guy, know, Cohen, but... Guy Cohen, Michelle Obama beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I do love what I do, but I, I, I still feel like I have a ways to go. There's still many things I want to accomplish and hope that I, I have the opportunity to. Um, but I don't know. Um, it's, it's interesting now. I, I feel like I, if I could do anything differently, I probably would have given myself more credit and, 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 and would have gone after kind of directing a little bit earlier, I think, mm -hmm. in my career. I think I, I maybe potentially made a lot of excuses. Um, it's too hard. It's too easy. And it seems so daunting. But then once you just stop and focus and decide that that's what you want to do and set your course and set your intentions, which sounds maybe a little flighty, but honestly, like once I kind of was like, no, actually, I'm going to go for this. And I kind of I said it out loud and I told people and I gave myself the director credit, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm now, I'm now a director. That is my title. Um, it started to fall into place. Um, and, and, and it's not really magic and or, or anything it's just I, I just think you have to kind of know what you want to do and like really focus on it and 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 just pursue it and I think that there's a way to kind of really achieve what you want to achieve um I, I yeah I don't know I, it's <laughs> I when I was at Sundance Channel um years and years ago uh something that that struck me then was like you know I would go to a lot of screenings for these different films that would get in and not disparagingly, but of course I would go and the screen and go like, huh, really? That's, that's really, that's what you got. Um, <laughs> we we don't I, think that too. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah. I'm the person who gets wildly jealous when I see something that's really brilliant. Like, like I know it's like, to me, it's, it's amazing when I'm going like, Oh, that's so good. I wish I did it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but, you know, and I realized the distinction between like folks who have films in Sundance or a festival or anything like that is like, they just, they did it, you know, yeah. it's just, however, however they achieved it, they achieved it. They, they didn't really talk about it or, or you know, someday I'm going to do this. They, they did it. And that's the distinction. So sometimes I just feel like you just got to dig in and do it. I work with some incredible people here. There's a couple guys who just bang out scripts. Like it is like, like they're breathing air and it. And for me, that's a process that I'm still really intimidated by. And I'm like, so how do you, how do you do that? And they're like, just sit down and write. I'm like, okay. Uh, oh, I didn't have no idea. <laughs> You're like, oh, thanks. Okay, I gotta go guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's so actually just to kind of piggyback off of what you mentioned, cause we've submitted films to festivals as well. And I know that feeling of like going to a festival and obviously Sundance is one of the biggest festivals in the world, if not the biggest. Um, and seeing a film that you're like, but this got in, like, what do you think is it that about those films that maybe are in our eyes are like, well, it's kind of mediocre, but they still get into a major film festival, which is extremely difficult to get into. Is it sometimes they have more pull? Is it, who's in the film? Is it, I mean, who curates these, these, these things? It, it, it could be a lot of things and it just depends on what the filters are. Um, for that year, I wasn't too involved in that process of the film selection. I worked at the, at Sundance channel. So I was more covering the, yeah. the festival itself, 
but um, you know, it just, it just depends, you know, sometimes um, even casting is very interesting, right? Where you have to look at, um, you know, the role itself and who's going to carry it. But sometimes you have to look at it from like, okay, what, what are we trying to accomplish? Who are we speaking to? And, and, you know, everything from, you know, what, what gender do we want? Uh, do we want to have a gender? Do we, you know, so it just, it just really depends on the project itself. And I feel like it's the same selection uh, process potentially for these festivals where they, they're like, okay, we've got slots for, and, and, I, from what I recall, it was a while ago, but there were certain things like, you know, we only have slots for like, say, 10 dramas, and then we want 10 comedies. So they're, they're whittling it down. And so, something could give it an edge, it could be a cast member or something that will, um, or maybe it was like the screenwriter, or maybe it's just something that that might have tipped the scales yeah. to, in that direction. But yeah. Yeah, it's always, it's always interesting. There's always a, a method to the madness. You sure. just don't always know what that is. Right. right. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. She's not going to tell you the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, off, 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 off mic. We'll, we'll talk. Um, <laughs> I, I just had one sort of final question slash two-parter thing. Um, you sort of briefly touched on this, but um, I am curious. You kind of mentioned that you have a lot more you want to do. I guess, what is your ultimate goal? Do you want to be directing episodics? Do you want to be starting to get more into films? Like what do you want to do? And then I'll ask you the other part of that question, but <laughs> um, so much. I, I think, I think the goal I initially had was to do features. You know, I think that that's, um, I, I'm so intrigued by the process and I, I love, again, I love storytelling right now. I can, I can tell a good story in 30 seconds or less. It would be really, amazing to kind of stretch that obviously and and to really um take that on so i'm i'm very intrigued in that i think is something that for me would be a big big achievement that's really cool the last yeah. question i had um which is a little bit different you did mention that um you've kind of gone a different a different route and now you've been working more with certain types of production companies like canyon road i think was one that you mentioned mm -hmm. great production um, company yeah, they seem like they've been doing some really killer stuff. So um, for any young upcoming director, do you think that the route now is to get tied in with one or get representation? What do you suggest is the best way for someone that wants to start directing more? Um, it usually does help to align with people <clears throat> who, who have connections, who have the ability to kind of bring in the work. Um, so whether that's just a rep or it's a production company itself, it, it's, it's a, because it, there's a lot of competition out there. There are so many, especially in LA, you know, uh, you could, I could toss a rock out the window right now and I'd hit 52 yeah. different directors who are perfectly capable and talented. And, and I know that. Um, so it's, it's, it does help to align yourself with people who have um, a great reputation. They're known for their service. Um, and they're really good at what they do. Uh, in, in my my case, Canyon Road uh, Films has such an impeccable reputation throughout, like the the various networks that we um, do promos and commercials for. And um, and so they're the ones who who kind of put me up for projects, and that's kind of nice too. I mean, I I kind of hustle on my own, but it's certainly great to have people in your corner, like really kind of elevating you and supporting you and pushing your work out there as well. That's, awesome. that's 
Krista, yes, we elevate you, we support you. For the <laughs> folks at home, please tell us how people can follow you or connect with you. Uh, give us some give us some links so people can follow you. Links, okay. Um, well, probably the main thing I have right now is Made in Creative. So that's, that's a little company I started where um, I often still creative direct. So I'll write and, uh, and uh, come up with creative for the different projects and then I'll direct through that. So that's Made in Creative. And I just have my website, which is Crystalini, and that's that's basically it. Not not that it, not that exciting. Otherwise, that's exactly <laughs> what we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Great episode, everybody. That was awesome. Thank Good you night. so much, Krista. Was it? <laughs> oh, we got we got a couple more hours. It's no problem. Uh, hey, I'll <laughs> keep i keep going. This is great. It's good to see your faces, and and I love this. This is really fun. <laughs>